0: so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.
1: From the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Coming up this hour.
2: Stocks drop and yields rise on concerns the Fed will remain hawkish.
1: The Bank of England is forced to expand its emergency measures to tackle chaos in the bond market.
2: The route in chip stocks continues around the world.
1: And G7 leaders weigh their response to Russia's missile barrage on Ukraine.
3: A woman has been arrested in the fatal attack on a man on a Bronx bus, plus a feisty debate between the two. Senate candidates in Ohio. I'm
4: Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower. Sports. The Chiefs rallied to top the Raiders. The Yankees begin their playoff series with Cleveland, and it's opening night for the Rangers. That's all straight had on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg
5: 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
2: Good morning. I'm Nathan
6: Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 36 points, Dow futures down 254, and NASDAQ futures down 107. And the 10-year Treasury is down 18.30 seconds, yield 3.95%, and the yield on the two-year, 4.32%. Nathan?
2: Karen, this morning's drop in futures follows four straight losing sessions on Wall Street. This morning, yields on two-year Treasuries are trading at their highest level since 2007. Ten-year yields are flirting with 4%, and the 30-year surged to its highest since 2014. Jordan Kahn is chief investment officer at ACM Funds.
6: A lot of these areas of the market and the fixed income market are really getting oversold here. They've come down quite a bit. Yields are much higher than we've seen in years. And so I think as soon as the market gets a sense that inflation is peaking um, and 10-year yields start to stabilize more, you know, I think there could be a lot of good buying opportunities. But for us, you know, we're not going to put the cart before the horse.
2: Jordan Kahn at ACM Fund says the mood remains fragile ahead of Thursday's inflation data.
1: Well, as for equities, Nathan, perhaps the hardest hit sector in the recent sell-off has been chip stocks. In fact, more than $240 billion in market value has been wiped out since the White House imposed curbs on China's access to semiconductor technology. We get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet.
5: The industry sold off globally after fresh U.S. curbs on China's access to American technology added to a disappointing start to the earnings season, stoking concern that the industry's downturn is far from over. The Philadelphia Stock Exchange Semiconductor Index fell 3.5%, closing at its lowest level since November of 2020. The index has dropped nearly 10% over the past three trading days and is now down more than 40% so far this year. In New York, Charlie Pellet. Bloomberg pay break. All right, Charlie, thank you. And the chip sell-off continued overnight, leading
2: stocks lower in Asia. Let's get that recap from Bloomberg's Juliette Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliette.
0: Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Some of the biggest losses were in chip related equities in Japan, South Korea and Taiwan, where traders returned from holidays to join the global sell-off in semiconductor shares. Taiwan's Taiex traded at November 2020 lows, while TSMC shares fell as much as eight and a half percent, the most on record to July 2020 lows. The yen traded within side of the original level that spurred Japanese authorities to defend the currency in September and the yuan slid as worry mounts that Beijing will uphold its COVID zero policy well after the Chinese Communist Party Congress this month. In Singapore, Juliette Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Julia. thanks. Well, in Europe this morning, the Bank of England has been forced to expand its emergency measures. That's in response to chaos in the bond market. And we go to London and get the latest from Bloomberg's Yuan Potts. Good morning, Yuan.
7: Good morning, Karen and Nathan. It's the second time this week the UK's central bank has moved to calm the bond market. This morning, the Bank of England expanded the scope of its gilt purchases to include inflation-linked debt in an effort to avert what it called a fire sale. The intervention comes after a severe sell-off on Monday that saw UK inflation-linked yields surging by the most on record. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Ewan, thank you. The risk of a global recession is now rising thanks to higher rates. That's according to both the head of the International Monetary Fund and World Bank President David Malpass.
5: There's the the risk and the real danger of a world recession
3: next year. The advanced economies are are slowing in Europe. The debt levels for the developing countries are getting more and more burdensome. The rise in interest rates puts added weight on it. And inflation is still a major problem for, for everyone, but especially for... For the poor
2: Those comments from World Bank President David Malpass are being echoed by J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon. He says serious headwinds are likely to push the U.S. and global economies into recession by the middle of next year.
1: Meantime, Nathan, the Fed keeps banging the drum for higher rates. Still, Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd lays out a case for caution as the central bank works to curb inflation. In light of elevated global economic and financial uncertainty moving forward deliberately and in a data-dependent manner will enable us to learn how economic activity, employment, and inflation are adjusting to the cumulative tightening in order to inform our assessment of the path of the policy rate. Fed Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd made the comments yesterday at a meeting of the National Association for Business Economics in Chicago.
2: Well, despite that caution, Karen, it's too early for a Fed policy pivot. That's according to strategist at Goldman Sachs, who say the economic outlook is not bad enough yet and rates markets remain too volatile. Economists predict the Fed is on track to deliver its fourth straight 75 basis point hike at next month's meeting.
1: Now, Nathan, let's go to the latest on the war in Ukraine. Russia has launched even more strikes in the country just a day after the most intense barrages since the early days of the invasion. President Biden will speak with group of seven leaders this morning. He's pledging to impose more costs on the Kremlin and to keep providing support to Kyiv. John Herbst is a former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine and now senior director of the Atlantic Council's Eurasia Center.
7: Putin's objective is not to take a bit of territory in Ukraine's east. His objective today is to take political control of Ukraine. And his objective tomorrow, once he has Ukraine in his pocket, is to go after other states, including our NATO allies. So he is coming for our NATO allies, whom we are bound to defend with American troops.
1: Former ambassador to Ukraine John Herbst spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio.
2: And S&P futures right now are down 37 points. Dow futures down 270. NASDAQ futures are lower by 112 points. The ten-year Treasury is down sixteen thirty seconds. Down the yield three point nine four percent. Yield on the two-year four point three two percent. And Nymex crude is down two and two thirds percent at eighty-eight dollars seventy-one cents a barrel. Local headlines and a check of sports next. This is Bloomberg. Six oh seven on Wall Street. Fifty-three degrees in Central Park. Got an accent with the Williamsburg Bridge into the city. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New
3: York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A woman was arrested yesterday in the fatal stabbing of a man during an argument aboard an MTA bus in the Bronx. Lamont Barkley, who was 55, is the eighth person to be killed in the transit system this year. The NYPD says Barkley got into a verbal dispute with a man and a woman believed to be boyfriend and girlfriend on a bus Sunday night. Authorities say the argument escalated and the man stabbed Barkley multiple times in the stomach. Detectives say 42-year-old Ebony Jackson was arrested in connection to the stabbing. The man is still on the loose. It was a feisty debate in Ohio last night between the two Senate candidates. Democratic Congressman Tim Ryan and Republican J.D. Vance were on Nextar Media President Trump endorsed Vance.
2: He talks about wanting to support a stronger border. He talks about wanting to be bipartisan and get things done. Well, Tim, you've been in Congress for 20 years, and the border problem has got worse and worse and worse.
3: Ryan on his opponent.
2: J.D. Vance raised money for the legal defense fund of the insurrectionists. This is the kind of extremism, J.D., that we wholly reject. You have video posts. Don't even try to
6: deny it.
3: The race could determine which party controls the U.S. Senate. A pro-Russia hacker group that has targeted several government websites has taken responsibility for coordinated attacks targeting dozens of U.S. airports, including LaGuardia. John Holtquist, head of intelligence analysis at cybersecurity firm Mandiant, says KillNet has been targeting mainly U.S. government websites and other systems globally.
6: Previously, they've carried out attacks all over Europe. They carried out attacks in Japan, even. So it's, it's, it's sort of a global problem. But you know, a lot of it is a lot of it is tied to the, the war in Ukraine.
3: John Olquist with Mandian told ABC, no flights were disrupted as a result of the attacks. The Supreme Court will hear arguments today over a California animal cruelty law that could raise the cost of bacon and other pork products nationwide involves a california law that says pork sold in the state needs to be from pigs treated humanely a majority of unionized railroad workers voted to reject a tentative labor agreement brokered in part last month by president joe biden global news 24 hours a day on air and on bloomberg quick take powered by more than 2700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries i'm michael
2: barr and this is bloomberg nathan thanks michael
4: almost 6 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. All right, Nathan, Mets postseason over, and now the Yankees postseason gets going. Game one with Cleveland tonight will be Garrett Cole versus the Guardians' Cal Quantrill. 18 years ago, his father, Paul, was a Yankee reliever, served up the David Ortiz game-winning homer in game four of the ALCS that began that Red Sox comeback from 3 nothing down. Aaron Boone met the media yesterday, was asked if the crowd will be like it was when Aaron Judge was chasing Roger Maris. Yankee Stadium in the playoffs, it's going to be... Pretty raucous, I would imagine, tomorrow night.
8: A lot of energy in the building. A lot of anticipation, certainly when Aaron's up, because it's Aaron Judge and and what he can do. But, no, I don't think it'll be necessarily similar to... You know, when he was 60, 61, and stuff like that. I think it's going to be the playoffs. The
4: three other division series, just that. Intra division. Phillies and Braves in Atlanta. Mariners and Astros in Houston. 39 year old Justin Verlander starts for the Astros at a brilliant regular season. Padres and Dodgers in LA. The Dodgers won the season series with San Diego 15 to 4. The Mets offseason underway. There are a lot of decisions to be made. The Mets could have as many as 10 free agents, and the list will include Jacob DeGrom, Edwin Diaz, and Brandon Nimmo. We last saw the Rangers. They were losing to Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup Conference final. Rangers in Lightning tonight at the Garden to begin a new season. Wild Monday night at a cap week five. Raiders led in Kansas City 17 nothing. Back came the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey hooked up for four touchdowns. Raiders scored what looked like the game time TD with four and a half minutes left. They went for two. It failed. Chiefs held on to win 30 to 29. John Stashow, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan. Okay, John,
2: thanks. Uh, S&P futures moving lower now down 35 points or about 1%. Dow futures down 261. NASDAQ futures are lower by 107 points. Ten-year Treasury now down eighteen thirty seconds. The yield up to three point nine five percent. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg eleven three oh weather sunshine today with a high near seventy degrees. Mostly sunny tomorrow near seventy. Showers chance for a thunder shower Thursday. Back near seventy though. Right now fifty three in Central Park.
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news twenty-four hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are falling, pressured by rising Treasury yields and signs that company earnings are set to disappoint. A gauge of the dollar climbing to the highest this month, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 36 points. Dow futures down 266. And NASDAQ futures down 106. The DAX in Germany is down 1.2%. Ten-year Treasury down 16.30 seconds. Yield 3.94%. Yield on the two-year, 4.32%. NYMEX oil is down two and a half percent down $2.30 at $88.84 a barrel. Comex gold down a third of a percent or $6.10 at 1669.20 an ounce. The euro 0.9697 against the dollar. British pound 1.1037 and yen 145.73. And looking at Bitcoin, it's down nine tenths of a percent at $19,000. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
3: Karen, thank you very much. Today marks four weeks until the critical November midterm elections, which will decide which party controls Congress. U.S. Senate candidates in Ohio held their first debate last night. The U.S. Supreme Court could hear arguments in a high-stakes case today involving pork. The nation's $20 billion pork industry is asking the justices to strike down California's Prop 12 that would ban the sale of all pork that comes from pigs raised in spaces that aren't large enough for them to turn around in. In football, the Chiefs beat the Raiders 30. Twenty-nine. In baseball game, one of the ALDS begins tonight for the Yankees. They play the Guardians. The NHL season begins tonight. The Rangers take on the Lightning. Global news, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg,
2: Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we continue to follow development. Elements out of Ukraine. Russia has launched fresh strikes today in southern and eastern parts of Ukraine, the so-called annexed territory. A day after a major barrage, one of the biggest barrages since the war began, in cities to the north, including the capital Kiev. Joining us now is Bloomberg News senior reporter for international affairs, Mark Champion. As we continue to follow these developments, Mark, what more can you tell us about what's happening today?
7: uh well it's a a continuation on a lesser scale of uh what happened uh, yesterday Uh, which, as you said, was a a massive series of strikes in cities all across the country. Um, We haven't seen that since literally the first day of the war when, uh, uh, you know, a a huge number of missiles were used to take out airports around uh, Ukraine. Um, But it's, you know, what was interesting yesterday or, you know, uh, appalling also yesterday was that it was very, very clear that the targets were A, um, at civilians, and B, uh, civilian infrastructure, power infrastructure in particular. Um, and, uh, you know, it, this was all in retaliation for uh, a Ukrainian attack uh, or, you know, alleged Ukrainian attack. They haven't actually um, claimed responsibility uh, on the bridge that Britain built after annexing Crimea in 2014 in order to connect it to the Russian mainland.
2: You know, we're hearing reports as well from Russia that they're planning to continue with these infrastructure attacks. When we're thinking about energy and uh, uh, civilian infrastructure, what does that say about where this war could go? Are these concerns that Russia might lash out as Vladimir Putin is sort of painted into a corner? Are they starting to pan out here?
7: Uh, well, it is certainly an escalation, uh, and it is, uh, you know, an attempt. Uh, nationalist critics of the conduct of the war in Russia have have long argued uh, that, uh, uh, in their kind of uh, you know discourse, Russia should take off the gloves um, and really attack um, uh, Ukrainian infrastructure and uh, cities um, to bring the country to a halt uh, and make it uh, difficult both to pursue the war, but also for people to live their lives so that they will uh, essentially uh, knuckle under and uh, put pressure on the government to um, end the war. That policy has been tried by countries before World War II, etc. cetera, um, hasn't had a lot of success in the past. And it seems rather unlikely uh, that it will again, which is why uh, one uh, way in which uh, Western uh, military analysts in the West are looking at this is to say, well, it's really uh, an expression of desperation on the Russian side because they have not found a response to Ukraine's gains on the battlefield. Uh, so this is the way that they have to respond now. Whether that will lead to further Escalation um, is clear, but obviously uh, Russia is a power with large stockpiles of different kinds of weapons of mass destruction, including nuclear. Uh, so that uh, that possibility is out there.
2: And to that point, uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has been calling for even more military support from the U.S. and allies, including. Air defense systems were getting ready for this G7 meeting that's going to be happening later this morning. What's the possibility that we could see even more uh, military support from the allies coming out of this meeting?
7: Uh, well, certainly in terms of air defense, uh, this, that seems to be very, you know, on the cards. Uh, Biden has said that uh, he, he, he will uh, send more air defense to Ukraine. Um, and that is probably something that, you know, most uh, uh, European countries can also get behind um, to the extent they have air defense systems, you know, of the kind that uh, 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 Ukraine needs to spare so that they can send them. Um, I think we're likely to see that. Uh, the Germans have sent mobile systems uh, uh before uh which were used during the Ukrainian offensive um and you know on in areas such as tanks and uh that the Germans have been reticent so that is uh that's a given really um, you know at the g7 itself it seems likely' we'll, we won't see any sort of uh, signs of uh cracks um you know emerging in, in terms of support for ukraine um you know uh, Putin is clearly calculating that over the long Longer term the medium term, he can start to drive wedges uh between uh different you know, uh, 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 parts of the alliance that is supporting uh, ukraine um but uh that's not likely to be instant.
2: All right, Mark, as always, good to get your analysis as we continue to watch these developments unfold in Ukraine. Mark Champion, senior reporter for international affairs for Bloomberg News. Looking ahead to the market open, the sell-off continues. S&P futures are down 33 points right now. Dow futures are down 244. And Nasdaq futures are lower by 99 points. Ten-year treasuries down 16.30 seconds. The yield, 3.94 percent. NYMEX crude lower by 2.4 percent. Now trading at 88.95 dollars 95 a barrel. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11:30 weather: sunny, some patchy fog possible overnight. We'll get up to near 70 degrees today. Mostly sunny. The high near 70 again tomorrow. High near 70 Thursday with showers, maybe a thunder shower possible. Right now 53 degrees. 630 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers clients earn interest of up to 2.58% on the idle cash in their brokerage accounts. That's just one of the many reasons clients use Interactive Brokers to trade stocks, options, futures, currencies, bonds, funds, crypto, and more. Visit IPKR.com slash rates to learn more. Of first, U.S. futures are lower yet again. Earnings and inflation data will be key this week. Some analysts expect a significant earnings drop, but they may not come to pass if inflation eases, according to Bloomberg Intelligence Chief Equity Strategist Gina Martin-Adams. The reality of the earnings stream is that inflation has been a big pain point for earnings. Revenues have been growing, but margins have been contracting amid the rising input cost pressure, even though companies have been able to pass on some price increases. So we might be somewhat surprised by the degree to which a drop in inflation can actually soothe some of those margin pressures. Gina Martin-Adams of the Bloomberg Intelligence says she expects, quote, earnings confusion to continue into the next quarter. Well,
2: Karen, chip stocks have lost more than $240 billion in global market value amid the recent sell-off after the White House imposed curbs on China's access to semiconductor technology.
1: Meantime, Nathan, the heads of the International Monetary Fund and World Bank warn of rising risks of a global recession. And J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon is joining in, saying serious headwinds could push the U.S. and global economies into recession by the middle of next year. Now,
2: yeah, the Fed's still raising rates, but Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd's echoing concerns from Dimon noted global tightening could spill back into the U.S.
1: We're starting to see the effect on some sectors, but it's going to take some time for that cumulative tightening to transmit throughout the economy and for inflation to come down.
2: Fed Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd made the comments yesterday at a meeting of the National Association for Business Economics.
1: On out to the war in Ukraine, Nathan, where Russia's ramping up attacks. Now G7 leaders are holding an emergency meeting to discuss continued support to Ukraine. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has more.
5: The White House in a statement says the other aim will be to hold Russian President Vladimir Putin accountable for Russia's aggression. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky will participate at the top of the meeting. The group has already openly condemned the Russian missile attacks, but will discuss whether more military support will be forthcoming as well as any potential economic sanctions on Vladimir Putin and Russia. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Ed, thanks. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. This is Bloomberg.
2: Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 52 degrees in Central Park. Got an accident southbound western spur of the New Jersey Turnpike exit 15W. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael.
3: Good morning, Nathan. With less than a month to go until the midterm elections in Ohio, Democratic Representative Tim Ryan squared off with the Trump-backed Republican candidate, J.D. Vance, in a feisty Senate debate last night. Ryan speaking on Nextar Media about Vance.
4: Donald
2: Trump said to J.D. Vance, all you do is kiss my ass to get my support.
3: Vance responded.
2: We're going to take lectures on dignity and self-respect from a guy caught on video kissing up to Chuck Schumer.
3: Both candidates are polling close in a race that could determine which party controls the U.S. Senate. A woman was arrested yesterday in Sunday's fatal stabbing of a man during an argument aboard an MTA bus in the Bronx. Detectives say 42-year-old Ebony Jackson was arrested in connection to the stabbing. Police say Jackson's apparent boyfriend allegedly stabbed Lamont Barkley, who was 55. It is the eighth person to be killed in the transit system this year and the third within 10 days. The man is still on the loose. At least 14 airports around the U.S., including LaGuardia, reported their internal communications and Advertising systems were hit by hackers believed to be Russian based. The group known as KillNet claimed responsibility for the attack. John Holtquist, head of the intelligence analysis at cybersecurity firm Mandiant, says it was the denial of service attack on the airport websites. It's
6: essentially superficial. It, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that any back end resources are being uh, affected or data is being lost or. Anything exactly like operations have 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 been affected in any way.
3: John Oldquist with Mandy and told ABC no flights were affected. James Brennan, the San Antonio officer that fatally shot an unarmed teenager who was eating inside of his car at a McDonald's parking lot, has been fired. A new petition calls for Russian runners to be banned from the New York City Marathon. A group of Ukrainian runners have started a petition to keep Russian or Belarusian competitors competitions from, from this year's race. The petition states that if those runners are allowed to compete, organizers will be normalizing diabolical acts by Moscow and its allies. The New York City Marathon is set for Sunday, November 6th. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Mike LeBar. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael.
2: 636 on Wall Street. John Stash Hour has the Bloomberg Sports Update.
4: All right, Nathan, the Yankees and Cleveland meeting in the postseason for the sixth time since 1997. Yanks have won three of the five in a two-game sweep in a wild-card series a couple of years ago. Yanks went 5-1 and one with the Guardians in the regular season, but Cleveland just won a wild-card series with Tampa Bay. Well, they allowed one run in 24 innings. The Guardians start Cal Quantrill tonight at the stadium. Aaron Boone starts his
6: ace. Because it's Garrett Cole and because he came here and signed a huge contract and, you know, the long term and the ace of this
8: staff, the New York Yankee staff, you know, nothing will ever be necessarily good enough. Um, but...
4: I think he's had a very strong year. Nicole set a new Yankee record for strikeouts of the season. The big Yankee concern Cleveland's Jose Ramirez. He had 126 RBIs. Only Aaron Judge had more in the American League. Had the Mets won one more game, they'd have won the division. They'd be hosting the Phillies today, and they went 14-5 and against them. Instead, the Phillies... Are in Atlanta. phil got hot after they fired Joe Girardi, promoted Rob Thompson. They've now given Thompson the job full time. Monday Night football in Kansas City. Las Vegas led 17 to nothing. Patrick Mahomes brought the Chiefs back. Four touchdown passes, all to Travis Kelsey. Chiefs won 30 to 29. KC's 4 and 1. Vegas 1 and 4. All four losses by fewer than seven points. When so the Giants were looking for a coach in 2019, they were interested in Matt Rule. He instead was hired by Carolina. The Panthers just fired him. They drop the puck on a new NHL season tonight. There are a couple of games overseas, but the first game in North America is at the Garden. Rangers in San Bay. John
2: Stash Hour,
5: Bloomberg Sports.
2: Anything? Thanks, John. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta joins us at the start of another down session, especially, Kriti, in the chip sector, still under serious pressure this morning.
9: Yeah, the pain doesn't stop here. And and this is interesting because, remember, of course, uh, China was closed yesterday, so a lot of the Chinese chip companies are now catching up to what you uh, saw over the weekend, essentially President Biden saying that he's going to restrict further some of the export technology from the United States to China that is crucial in making some of those uh, chips that then again uh, kind of circle back and become the thing that goes into washing machines, cars, iPhones, etc. you name it. So nevertheless, TSMC is the one that's kind of leading the drop here. And you can really monitor the drop in the ADRs for the U.S. traders. TSM is your ticker, down 3.4% in the pre-market. But over in China, if you actually look at the actual shares, J dropped the most in 28 years and actually did uh, end up hitting a, a limit down uh, on on a on a exchange that has a seven percent limit so that's how much volatility is baked into it and Nathan the ripple effects that you're starting to see in some of the American chip companies is crucial take a look at Nvidia NVDA down 1.6 percent in the free market remember that's the heavyweight right next to Apple shares uh, and as you start to see the pay in the chip sector you do start to see it ripple across into the bigger tech names as well so Apple shares for example down uh, about eight tenths of one percent AAPL there and alongside it, advanced micro devices AMD down 1 point 3%. Intel not far behind. INTC down 7 tenths of 1%.
2: And sticking with tech, I see you're taking note of a company that actually did pretty well during the pandemic, but, you know, Things kind of have to change now, right?
9: Absolutely. You have to take a look at uh, some of these analyst upgrades and downgrades that are moving some of these stocks. And Zoom is the one that caught my eye this morning. ZM is your ticker. Down 3.5% after Morgan Stanley cut their recommendation on the stock to equal weight from overweight. The reasoning is that the company's online business needs to normalize post-COVID for the firm to unlock, quote, tremendous value in its enterprise platforms. So basically saying that actually what you need is just that second leg of growth that you... um perhaps you didn't get from the pandemic. And that's really what they're not seeing at the moment.
2: And uh, I guess on a similar theme, Roblox as well.
9: Right. RBLX is your ticker. Barclay's actually initiating coverage here. And this is interesting. They said with an underweight rating, so not exactly the vote of confidence, saying the gaming platform's daily users are are fairly saturated, and growth is decelerating post-COVID. So once again, kind of this growth story that was really taking off in those two years and now has kind of come full circle. RBLX is the ticker, down about 4% in the pre-market, Nathan.
2: Well, somebody's got to tell my kid. That's all he spends time on <laughs> is Roblox. Thanks, as always, Kriti. Good to have you with us. Kriti Gupta, our Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent. Uh Looking at stocks as a whole, moving lower uh, broadly uh, at the uh, index level, for sure, with S&P futures down 30 points, Dow futures down 220 and NASDAQ futures are lower by 90 points. Ten-year treasuries down 16.30 seconds, yield 3.94%, and the yield on the two-year, 4.31%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny, a high near 70. Today, some patchy fog possible tonight, but it'll be sunny again tomorrow with a high near 70. Showers, maybe a thunder shower Thursday, at the high back near 70 degrees. 52 right now.
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are lower this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call, and here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning.
6: And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are under pressure right now. Dow futures down 213 points. Sesame's dropped 30. And NASDAQ futures decline by 89. The U.S. 10 yield at 3.94%. Gold is down 6. Oil is sinking. And Bitcoin is lower by 0.9%. Japan dropped 2.6% overnight, while European markets are also in the red this morning. And back in the U.S., nothing to report on the economic front. In the chip space, Taiwan Semi tumbled the most since going public since 1994. And Morgan Stanley warned that restrictions around supercomputing pose additional risks for firms like Intel and AMD. In other news, Goldman Sachs cautions against hawkish Fed pivot bets. And Kathy Wood bought more Adobe shares. Wrapping things up, Lululemon was raised to overweight over at Piper. Live from the First of Breaking News desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen?
1: All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg. Type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K, and that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael?
3: Karen, thank you very much. U.S. officials are condemning the barrage of Russian missiles that struck several cities across Ukraine yesterday, one of Moscow's largest attacks in months President Biden will meet virtually later today with members of the G7. A senior administration official says the group of world leaders are expected to discuss ways to aid Ukraine and continue punishing Russia. In football, the Chiefs beat the Raiders 30-29. In baseball game, one of the ALDS begins tonight for the Yankees. They play the Guardians. The NHL season begins tonight. The Rangers take on the Lightning. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr and this is Bloomberg, Karen.
1: right, Michael, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM Report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. What will you make at NJIT? Learn more at NJIT.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Chip-related stocks in Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan slumped, contributing to a wipeout of more than $240 billion from the sector's global market value. It all comes after the Biden administration imposed curbs on China's access to semiconductor technology. Amazon says it will invest almost a billion dollars to add thousands of more electric vans, long haul trucks and cargo bikes to its delivery network in Europe. The investment would grow the number of electric delivery vans the company has in Europe from roughly 3,000 to 10,000 by 2025. And the Financial Stability board says countries should apply the same level of regulation to crypto assets and their intermediaries as they do to equivalent functions in finance if they are sufficiently govern the sector. The FSB is set to present its recommendations to G20 finance ministers and central bank governors this week. And that's a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan.
2: Thank you, Karen. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive broker studios where it's 650 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. where some of the top stories include President Biden pledging air defense to Ukraine in condemning Russia's quote, utter brutality a key senator urging a freeze on Saudi arms sales over its tilt to Russia. And a clash in Ohio, Vance and Ryan debate in a race that could decide control of the Senate. We're joined now by Joe Matthew, host of Bloomberg Sound on our Washington correspondent here on Bloomberg Radio. Joe, we've been talking about it all morning. the Last couple of days, of course, the war in Ukraine seems to be intensifying. And now we're getting ready for a very important meeting uh, in just a couple hours here uh, between President Biden and the rest of the G7 leaders.
8: That's right. And President Zelensky himself, who will yeah. address this group as they're just getting together to meet, remembering when he addressed a joint session of Congress, the sort of urgency that was created after being not not alone in a room, but well, virtually in a room with lawmakers that that has this a similar impact with world leaders. When they hear him, he has an incredibly convincing tone and following the images, Nathan, that we've seen in the last 24 hours. Uh, he's got a big ask to make.
2: Yeah, that ask, of course, uh, that the uh, President Zelensky has been pushing for for the last couple of days is air defenses. Yep. What are the chances we get something like that, that kind of move uh, from this G7 uh, conversation? I don't know if it's going to come specifically
8: from this meeting. The, the President Biden has a couple of things to consider today, beginning with. Maintaining an alliance, maintaining this unity that has really uh, been pretty incredible over the last eight months, considering some of the challenges in terms of energy and some of the other issues that that we've heard from our European allies. Uh, but look, air, we are already providing air defenses. The question is what kind. And and, and Zelensky, the Ukrainian military, wants longer-range missiles. The the incursion that we saw this barrage of missiles and by the way there was another wave this early this morning uh, following the more than 80 missiles that were launched over the weekend from Russia on more than a dozen cities across Ukraine it's been it's been an overwhelming barrage from vladimir putin they want to be able to knock down these long range missiles before they are a threat to ukraine remembering that refrain from Vladimir Zelensky said, help us close the skies, close the skies were the three words that he brought to Congress when he spoke to the joint session. That's going to still be the message today. And it's not just uh, missile defense. They still want fighter jets, Nathan. And if you go back a couple of months to that debate over providing MiG-29s, those Russian made fighter jets that Poland flies, they were willing to send them across the border, but. They had to go through Germany on the way, and there was a lot of confusion about whether uh, that was in our best interest, whether that would, that would indicate some sort of escalation that would result in a direct uh, conflict between U.S. and Russian forces. That's still being brought up over and over again. MiGs and tanks, that's what he really wants, and I'm not sure he's ever gonna get those from the U.S.
2: Well, what are you hearing and seeing in terms of cohesion among the allies, particularly when we see this kind of barrage from Russia, this mm-hmm. ramp-up of escalation of the fighting? It seems that in the past when we've seen this pattern that it's brought the allies even closer together. Is that still the case here? You're right, and I think that will be the case. I mean, to see the images, uh, Nathan, the massive
8: crater In a in a child's playground uh in Kiev, the direct assault on on apartment buildings and neighborhoods. This is civilian infrastructure, and it changes the narrative a bit here in in a way that kind of emboldens the West to try to continue to support Ukraine. If you ask Joe Biden himself, his message has been consistent. As long as it takes, keeping everyone else on board has been a little bit more of uh, of an issue, and that goes for right here in the U.S. as well. As we hear now from some Republicans like Josh Hawley sort of questioning the level of commitment that we have, and even Donald Trump over the weekend at his two rallies, he brought this up and said that the U.S. must pursue peace talks now, which is not something that the administration believes. Uh Even just today, Sergey Lavrov, the foreign minister in Russia, saying that, hey, we'd love to sit down if the United States asks us to, and a lot of folks see that as a possible trap, Nathan.
2: Well, even as uh, Europe might be staying together, we've seen Saudi Arabia move closer to Russia, particularly after that uh, OPEC-plus announcement of a $2 billion uh, barrel production cut. Now there's this talk about uh, taking even more action on against Saudi Arabia on Capitol Hill. Yeah. No.
8: yeah, this is coming from Robert Menendez. Uh, the, the, he's the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. We'll see where this goes, but he is calling for a freeze Essentially, on our relationship with Saudi Arabia, particularly when it comes to providing uh, military support, Uh, a Democrat here, of course, uh, they look, the Senate is not in session right now. And it's I I don't know how much more is going to come from this than messaging. But he does suggest, as many have, that the Saudis are helping to underwrite Russia's war by by maintaining the price of oil. This is not something that the administration wanted. It was a bit of an egg on face moment for the Biden administration last week. And Democrats think we should stop talking with Saudi Arabia or at least stop sending them weapons. The fact of the matter is, though, this has been a key ally for the United States for a long time. And as we consider our situation with oil supplies and security in the Middle East, that may not be changing anytime soon.
2: In our last minute here, Joe, we're four weeks away from a midterm election. We had a pretty heated debate in Ohio last yeah. night in a very important Senate race.
8: Yeah, that's for sure. J.D. Vance uh, and Tim Ryan, Congressman Tim Ryan, uh, this is for the, the Senate seat being vacated by Rob Portman. It was a real uh, throwdown here. A lot of times we see these debates and it's either full of messaging or it's full of nothing. This was a very substantive debate with two politicians who were really very well prepared. If you want to have a sense of what the real issues are in this campaign, realizing that they can change a bit from state to state, but on a national level, watch that debate. You will be totally plugged into what the issues are now. It, it went from uh, abortion rights to inflation. Of course, these are the two major issues we hear about so much. But also January 6th, our relationship with China, J.D. Vance's relationship with Donald Trump. They they went for it last night, and
2: and Tim Ryan had a couple of zingers. And it'll be uh, certainly one of the uh, many races to watch as we get closer to that midterm election and uh, the fight for control of Congress. As always, Joe Matthew, great to have you on with us this morning before you come back on Sound On much later this afternoon, 5 p.m. and every weekday afternoon at that time right here on Bloomberg Radio. Read more at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM. HD2. S&P futures right now are down 25 points. style futures down 175. NASDAQ futures down 74 points. So uh, pairing some of the earlier losses on this session. Uh, the 10-year Treasury is now down 13.30 seconds. The yield back down to 3.93 percent yield on the two-year, just shy of 4.31 percent. NYMEX crude down 2.4 percent at eighty-eight ninety-two a barrel. Bloomberg Surveillance is next with Tom Keane, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg.
6: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Steeple. Financial advisors, let's face it if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. What could you
0: do if your data was working for you and not against you?